T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Welcome to Play It, a new podcast network featuring radio and TV personalities talking business, sports, tech, entertainment, and more. Play it at play.it. Welcome back in on Hit and Run on the Score. Joe Ostrowski, Barry Rosner with you until noon. Coming up in a few minutes, Lucas Giolito. Bark Winkler. I think he'll like that, don't you? Yes. It's a good radio name. Yes. Bark oh, Winkler. By the way, follow... And, and Bruce Levine later in the show. Following Bark on Twitter... Um, just say Packers fans are freaking out. Oh, I believe it. Yeah, I believe it. Um, yeah, quickly on this uh, on on Khalil Mack. Um, I was a, I was a Bears season ticket holder when they refused to pay Wilbur Marshall. I've been following this team since I was a child. I've been covering them the last twenty years as a columnist. This is not normal for the Bears. I mean, Jay Cutler was nine years ago. This is the only thing even close to that 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 I can remember, but he wasn't really in a position to get paid yet, not to this extent at that point. Um, you have to do this because you, you, you have failed to identify talent, draft talent, and sign talent. Uh, Ryan Pace has had eight chances through the draft and free agency to, to collect six players. That's the math, Joe. The league is terrible. The NFL is terrible. You need six players. It's, you need three great players on each side of the ball in order to make the playoffs and make a serious run at the Super Bowl. He hasn't been able to do that. So he had to go out and get one, but high marks, very, very high marks for admitting that inability to do that, that failure, and, and paying the price to go get this guy in a very bold move. He is the best defensive player in football. He's the be- already the best player. He's the best player on the Bears if healthy, oh, it's not close. If not health, close. If healthy and in shape, he changes every single play when he's on the field. Changes every single play. He's exactly the kind of impact guy that we've been talking about the last four years during this rebuild. That I mean, you just you need you need three players on each side of the ball. Somebody that gets you off the field on third down on defense. Khalil Mack does that. Players that keep you on the field on offense. On third down. That's why he has six guys. He hasn't been able to do it, but he has, because he hasn't been able to, he has now admitted that, and he's gone out, and he's done this, which is extraordinary. It's a great move, and it's an important move because, frankly, you know, they're four years in. They shouldn't be trying to go 8-8. and There should be no parade for 8-8. and They should be winning the Super Bowl. That's what you do in year four. In any case, great job by Ryan Pace. And full marks to the McCaskies for spending the money. Uh, not that I believe they're cheap, because I, I don't think that they're cheap. But they are risk-averse. That's always been a McCaskey thing, risk aversion. And there's, there's some risk here. So, um, you know, you have, to, you have to peel some layers to find the risk. But there, there's always risk, and there's some risk here. But, but high marks to both uh, Ryan Pace and... George McCaskey for getting this done. When I'm identifying potential Super Bowl teams, 
Of course, we all look at the quarterback first, and that's a massive question mark. It feels like a redo of a rookie season and a brand-new offense for Mitchell Trubisky this year. And the number two thing I look at every single time, pass rush. Who's going to get to the quarterback? Look at recent teams in the Super Bowl. Whether you're talking about... Not complicated, is it? No, it's not really too hard. Talk about Von Miller winning a Super Bowl for the Broncos, that defense for for the Seahawks, what they did, and now they're going through their troubles. Why? Because they had to pay Russell Wilson. So the the Bears are trying to jump on that. They're banking got, on Trubisky win, being you, good. you got a window. With him on his rookie contract through right. 2020. So that's what they're banking on. And he, he's thrown a lot of money in free agency. He threw a lot of money and draft capital in this trade yesterday. He's been really bad. Because free, he's missed a lot. Because he's, yeah. he's missed a lot. So this is the only way to fix it. You throw money at this problem. And they need a lot of those guys to work. But this changes everything for me. Because when I was trying to figure out what my expectation for the Bears this season, and it was and it was at best in a seven-win range for me, the, what I always would circle back to was the problem is, I, I know Vic Fangio's great. He can dial up some pressure by himself. They don't have a guy that's going to get to Aaron Rodgers Matthew Stafford and Kirk Cousins six times this year. Now they do. They have one of the best at it in the game. It's just not that complicated. It's, it's a, not. It's a terrible league. You have to have somebody who can get to the quarterback. You have to. And, 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 and Vic and Fangio off- stays. Look what he gets. He gets Roquan Smith in the first round, and then he, and then he gets Khalil Mack. And he somehow, by some numbers, had them as a top 10 defense. To me, when I look at top 10 defenses in the league, that's not a top 10 defense. Now they are. Now they are, and now they're they're not just barely top 10. If they stay healthy, they should be a little bit higher than that. And if you do that and you have a, a quarterback that's not going to screw it up, you're in the team picture. You're, you're, you're ahead of the rest of the league already. I mean, I, I was at a high school football game yesterday, Barry, and I heard a kid say to his dad, Dad, I need a Khalil Mack jersey. Wow. I don't know the last time I heard a kid say that to their dad about a Bears player. Yeah. Well, you know, for for whatever reason, for however it happened, for whatever luck may have been involved, they fell hat backward into an unbelievable football player. Maybe a guy, it's John Gruden being an idiot. And that's yeah, in play. You know, in the back of my mind, I always think of something Don Zimmer said, which is that players are rarely available only because of money. I mean, it does happen. There are rare exceptions. Um, but it's usually not just because of money. So just something to ponder as you wonder why this even was possible. You're paying him for some years in which, you know, at his age might not be very good, but but you've got this window while Trubisky is cheap where you can where you can take advantage of that. The fall is quick in this league. Yeah. It's real quick. Mm-hmm. And he has not missed a game. In his, I believe, four years in the league, so that's something to look at. But everything that gave, they gave up, all the guaranteed money that they are paying this guy, he has to be what he was in Oakland. He has to be. If he isn't, Bears are going to lose this. We got to take a break. Coming up next, Lucas Giolito here on Hit and Run on the Score. Oh, and to the count. There's a drive, left field, twisting, and into foul territory. Boy, I'm, I'm really surprised I didn't go for it in that inning. Lee Smith 
What's the score? Nothing, nothing. Who's winning? The Bears. Welcome to Play It, a new podcast network featuring radio and TV personalities talking business, sports, tech, entertainment, and more. Play it at play.it. He wants to go to a straight change here. Probably a good pitch against Bradley. He was fanned 114 times. And here is a straight change. Let's see if he gets it. On two and two. He struck him out. You know, they're called secondary pitches. However, when they look this good, they're primary. Sorcery from Lucas Giolito. That highlight courtesy of NBC Sports Chicago. I'm Barry Rosner. That is Joe Ostrowski. You've got hit and run on the score. Right now, it's time to go out to the score hotline where we are joined by the aforementioned White Sox starter, Lucas Giolito. He's been on fire of late, so it's the perfect time to talk to him. Hey, Lucas, thanks for jumping on. Yeah, what's going on, guys? Uh, everything is great here. Everything is really good with you. Your changeup spectacular of late. Your starts of late, really, really fun to watch. What feels different over, say, the last month for you than it did before that? Um, I'd say just kind of flowing pretty good out there. Uh, definitely feel comfortable, feel confident. Um, I'd say with the changeup specifically, uh, you know, I hear some people talking about that. Uh, for me, it was um, getting rid of the forcing changeup and just trying to throw one and trying to be as good as I can with one type of changeup, whereas I used to throw two. And which is the one you've settled on? Is it uh, two, two two seam changeup grip? So it works. It works really well off my sinker, which I've also been throwing more. So with a two-seam changeup, do you get a lot of downward and sideways movement at the bottom of the zone? Um, I, for me, the, the main goal is, is late, is late uh, vertical movement. Um, that's generally when I'm best, late vertical movement on my curveball, slider, and changeup. Um, I think that it, it moves side to side a little bit, but I'm not too concerned with that. You just <laughs> – you don't care, right? It's uh, It's got uh... – it's gotten to be a problem for hitters, so that's all that matters, and that's good. Um, early in the year, watching you throw, at times you looked a little bit uncomfortable out there. Now you seem pretty relaxed and to be enjoying yourself. What do you think the change is there? I'd say, um, man, I'd say that uh, it, it started um, in Boston a few months ago, um, or a couple months ago, whenever we were out there, um, getting with Coop, getting with Haas and just revamping my throwing program, revamping my long toss routine, um, being much more focused, uh, working back to front, trying to stay, stay in a hallway when I throw. And it's kind of led to much better results on the mound, feeling better on the mound. Um, you know, staying the straight line, getting over the baseball, um, and being more consistent. How tough was it? I know we're going back a little bit. When you came over from the Nationals and everything you've learned is a little different, or maybe it wasn't, just to have a new pitching coach knew everything for you. Um, I, I enjoyed it. I enjoyed the process of it. Um, for me, it was a fresh start. You know, I didn't, I didn't impress at all. Um, my time in the big leagues of the Nationals, I didn't do well. Um I get traded, and for me, it was, hey, fresh start. Let's get it going here. In your last four starts, three and zero with a uh, wow, a one ninety one opponent's batting average against two eight four ERA, a WHIP of uh, 
of less than one. Uh, it's all really good. It's all really exciting for White Sox fans. And it's at a time when you've got uh, Carlos Rodon and Michael Kopech and Ronaldo Lopez. And it's a fun time for White Sox fans. What's it like for you now to see this happening given, let's face it, uh, in a rebuild, a difficult first four or four and a half months of this season? It's very exciting, um, you know, especially with Michael coming up recently. Uh, it's fun for the starting pitching staff because we're starting to really gel together, um, you kind of form um, a closer bond uh, that I think will that will carry for a very long time. Um, you know, we're all competitive. We like to see each other succeed, and we're always challenging each other, so it's a lot of fun. Yeah, you know, Greg Maddox used to tell me that uh, between he and Glavin and Smoltz, there was – competition all the time there was competition uh, when they played cards there was competition when they played golf and they love to compete on the mound trying to out pitch the guy who pitched yesterday is that a real thing for you guys absolutely absolutely and i think that it's gonna that that's gonna uh start to come out more and more and more um the more comfortable everyone gets and 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 you know the more we win the better we pitch i think that we're already we're already starting to feed off each other a little bit we're all pitching pretty well as far as starting pitching staff goes so um you know i'm looking forward to see what the future holds for sure uh, Lucas, you mentioned some of the mechanics, and we know you study uh, the metrics, and you're studying your opponents, of course, but you also um, threw in confidence, just having more confidence right now. And it's something I, I think media-wise and fans kind of overlook. Can you uh, talk about how important that is as a pitcher? Yeah, I, I mean, as a certain pitcher, you control the game. You're trying to go as deep as you can. Um, if you're out there without confidence that you know, your stuff is going to get guys out and you're most likely going to get hit around. Um, it's it's kind of crazy how much the mental side has to do with it. Um, you don't really know until you play, uh, especially at this level. It's it's at a whole nother level than AAA or AA. Um, and, you know, that's part of the learning process. My first full season, um, you know, I was dealing, dealing with some mechanical issues earlier in the year, dealing with mental issues earlier in the year, whatever it may be. Um, you know, once I started to see better results, confidence started to, to grow. And, and, you know, now this is kind of like, for me, this is the baseline. This is the type of pitcher I want to be. When you said how it's just a whole new world and there's so much, are you talking about just all the different stuff that guys that go every fifth day that they're looking at? Or what are you talking about altogether? Just the opponents or just everything? Yeah, I... You know, the, there's a lot more pressure. Um, you know, you, when you're in the minor leagues coming up, you know, you can have a bad game, and it's all part of the development. You know, I say that in quotes. Yeah. You know, it's all about development, development, development. Right. Up here, if you if you're not winning, you're not getting the job done, and you know that's what it's all about. And as a starting pitcher, you, you want to go as deep as you can, and you want to give your team the best chance to win every single time you take the ball. Um, so, you know, there's a little bit more pressure, uh, and yeah, I mean, so much of it rides on your confidence. Um, you know, you go out, you throw a hundred plus pitches a game. If you don't have confidence in every single one, then you're probably, uh, you know, not going to end up with a good result. He's White Sox starter Lucas Giolito visiting with us for a few minutes on hit and run. Lucas, you have used words today like pressure and momentum and confidence. How about fun? Does it? You know, I, I realize uh, 
and I'll try to put this in proper context. Uh, I understand that you know you guys are are well compensated for playing a game, but if it's not fun coming to the park, and it certainly isn't a lot of fun when you're losing. If it's not fun coming to the park, is it? Does it make it harder to do your job? Yeah, I'd say so. I'd say so. You know, I had I had uh, I'd say I had a. Uh, you know, some days like that earlier this year when I wasn't doing well, you know, I was trying to struggle to, to find, um, you know, the adjustments I needed to make. Um, but it's all part of the process. You know, you, you have ups, you have downs. Sometimes you're having a lot of fun. Sometimes you don't. But it's all about coming together as a team and and uh, gelling together and and finding a way to overcome you know, whatever adversity there may be and, and find a way to have as much fun as you can while winning. Lucas, your recent starts, a uh, number of pitches thrown, 113, 106, 111, 99, 103, 99. Uh, yeah, you get the story. So, mm-hmm. uh, and that's that's a theme right now in your rotation, especially with Carlos Rodon too, how deep you guys are going in games. And I'm sure when you grew up watching baseball, a lot of the same thing. And mm-hmm. now in the game, you look around, you look on the other side of the diamond, and that's not happening. Guys are getting pulled. It's a good day if they go five innings, and then here come four or five relievers the rest of the game. Why do you think that's happening around baseball? Mm, uh, obviously the analytics. Um, I, I'd say that has a huge part to do with it. For me, I, I don't see the success if I only go five innings. Um, it's just... I'm, maybe I have a little bit more of an old school school view, you know, hanging out with Shields all the time. But um, for me, if I'm not going at least six innings, it's I'm not doing my job as a starting pitcher. And uh, that's one of the most important things for me that I've learned, especially this year. Um, you know, Ricky's and Ricky and Coop's view that they're letting they're letting us stretch out a little bit. They're letting us go out there and show what we can do. Uh, I've had quite a few opportunities this year where, you know, I could have been taken out of the game. We could have put a reliever in, but, you know, they've counted on me um, to get out of an inning. A couple times failed, learned from those, and a couple times succeeded, learned from those as well. Um, But, yeah, I mean, as far as, you know, the trend that baseball is going, I I couldn't tell you exactly. I think that a lot of it has to do with the analytics. What is a successful outing for you? What are you looking for? At least six innings, um, three earned runs or less. So, you know, QS um, is pro- is successful, but uh, I definitely prefer to at least at least be six innings. What are the, uh, what do the guys like uh, Rick Hahn and Rick Renteria and Don Cooper say about what you should be doing out there? I mean, would they like to see nine innings, eight innings, seven innings? Do they Absolutely. or is it? Is it is it five? Is it a quality start? I mean, I I know what you want. What what do you, what do they talk about? Because I think it's great to see that you guys are throwing more pitches, getting stretched out, and trying to go deeper into games. Yeah, um, I think I think a QS is, is always a, a pretty good goal. Um, you know, it kind of depends game to game. Uh, you know, sometimes you might be in a pitcher's duel and, and it's zero zero or one to one or one to zero. Um, you know, in that case, probably a quality start isn't really going to cut it. Um, you know, a lot of it has to do with the opponent and, and the situation. Um, but, you know, I, I'm just kind of throwing a baseline out there yeah. for, for what I see is, uh, you know, kind of the, the minimum expectation. 
I mean, as Joe said, when you when you were growing up, uh, a good start was a complete game. You know, it was yeah. a, a six hitter, a couple Ernie's, and and uh, a walk and six strikeouts, whatever. Um, obviously, the game is changing a lot. But would you like to be one of those guys who who can uh, who can finish every time out? Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, I think it's tougher now than it used to be um to to get through nine innings you still see it there's guys throwing complete games every here and then and and that's that's one of my next goals for sure i want to throw a complete game i ha- i haven't done it uh i haven't thrown a nine inning complete game ever so it's definitely a huge goal of mine um my, minor leagues had a couple sevens but you know those, those don't really count last night uh Joe West, a little controversy, big surprise. But Joe West took away a piece of paper from Phillies reliever Austin <laughs> Davis because he said it was a cheat sheet. But we see in the game now, outfielders are using it, infielders for alignment for, for certain hitters. Is that Have you guys discussed as pitchers about bringing out a, a sheet of paper with information onto the field? We haven't as a team. I don't think we've even like joked about it. Um I saw, I think it was a couple of weeks ago, Granky had one. I don't think he got in trouble. Well, Joe West probably wasn't doing the game. Yeah, he, he had one of those little cheat sheets he was pulling out. I think it's pretty smart. Uh, you know, a lot of the scouting report stuff, um, there's, there's a lot of information. Sometimes you can forget. It can get a little jumbled up. You might mix guys up. Um, but for me, I, that's not really my style. Um, you know, I think that, I, I trust Smitty and Narvi back there. They they know their stuff, and I'm gonna I'm gonna remember uh, I'm gonna remember the most the the key things I want to know, and then from then on, it's kind of my best stuff versus your best stuff. Let's go. Who'd you like watching growing up? Who uh, I like to watch Verlander. Um, <laughs> uh, you know I. I I liked a little bit of the history. Uh, uh, my favorite pitcher of all time is Bob Gibson. Wow. Yeah, so you know he, he was so dominant they had to lower the mound in 68. <laughs> um, I, yeah, he's the one guy I wish I could have seen live, but that was a little bit before my time. Is there anybody that you studied a lot? Um, no, I, I wouldn't necessarily say studied a lot. Um, just watched, you know, saw, saw how – saw how their stuff moved, how hard they threw, and it was like, man, I want those guys someday. Lucas, uh, we'll let you go, but before we do, um, do you feel like, uh, and again, within the context of the season, which is, it's it's part of a rebuild, so everyone knew it was going to be difficult. I'm sure it's been difficult for you guys, but now, as you're enjoying some success as a team, and especially as a starting rotation, um, does it feel like you're starting to see the light at the end of the tunnel for you guys? Yeah, I think so. Uh, I, you know, I think that um, uh, a lot of us still, you know, have, have some room to mature and grow as players. Um, but I think that you know we're starting to so, show some signs of what we're capable of. I mean, obviously, this team is extremely talented. Um, probably one of the most talented in, in, in the big leagues. Um, and it's just it's just a matter of like I've kind of been saying this entire time. It, you know, we just need to continue to gel together. Uh, mature as players and, and uh, you know, see w- what the future holds. Lucas, thanks for your time. We really appreciate it. Uh, and uh, we hope to catch up with you again. Yeah, no problem. Thanks, guys. Thank you. Thanks. Luke, White Sox starter Lucas Giolito. 
This hour of Hit and Run is brought to you by Northwestern Football. The Wildcats have the best home schedule in the nation this fall, hosting Michigan, Notre Dame, and more at Ryan Field. Tickets to both games are available with season tickets only. Buy now at nusports.com. It's uh, it's a different world we're living in, that's for sure. So um, do, it's fun. It's, it, I kind of chuckled to myself when he said... Verlander. Um, uh, Verlander. <laughs> and, and when he said, I'd sure like to get... You know, it's one of my goals to get a complete game. And it's just, it's not his fault. It's the world in which he's operating. But you, you know, uh, you don't have to go back that far. Ten years ago, C.C. Sabathia completed ten games. Uh, Halliday, nine. Ben Sheets, five. Cliff Lee, four. Santana, three. A bunch of guys at three. Uh, Oswald, Millwood, Lackey, Webb, Garza, Shields. Um, It's a big deal. I'm like, a complete game is a big deal now. Huge. And it's not their fault. This is the game, the way it's being played. I I sense, and you brought up the pitches, which is something I look at every single day. Mm-hmm. Teams are not doing what the White Sox are doing. Nope. That's why it stands they're, out. They're, they're letting their guys throw, and I think it is a good thing. You cannot train someone to throw 110 or 120 pitches or to go seven, eight, or nine innings can't train them to do that if you never let them do that and in the minors no one is doing that anymore so when guys get here we complain about how i shouldn't speak for you i complain about how nobody lets a starter go through third time third time through the lineup nobody lets a starter do that well the analytics tell you that you can't do that because they'll get hit well but that's because you've told them you're not going third time so they give away everything they've got, those first two at-bats. They show hitters everything they have, all of their best stuff, and they go max velocity from the start. So it just it stands to reason there's no way they're going to get to the third time or be effective if they do. But it, that's, Quintana's one of the worst. Yeah, that's, a, that's, that's a hard watch right now. But, what, you know, watch Cole Hamels, watch John Lester, watch Verlander, watch Scherzer. Watch the way they manage a game in order to try to go deeper into a game. Like there's a there's a way that you do that, but you have to be you either have to be allowed to do it or you have to be trained to do it or both. And it's not something that takes place. There's something I've been thinking about as we consistently we've seen Rodon and Giolito go deep in games. Uh, Ronaldo Lopez too. Uh, Kopech not allowed to because it rains every time he pitches, <laughs> only at home. But that's really unfortunate. But so the Sox are doing this properly. They're using this season to find out what they have, especially in this starting rotation. But what you have in a rebuild when shh, trying, it's not a bad thing if we lose these games. Sorry, Lucas, but you're not getting a victory because our bullpen's horrible (laughs) and we're not putting any money. We're putting zero resources into it right now. So when you bring up Ian Hamilton, right? Right, 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 and that Might should be your guy. Happen soon, right? He's here. He's here, and he's yep. he was really effective the other night. How many pitches did he throw the other night? It was funny. We didn't talk about him all season. Well, most people didn't because well, he wasn't getting the hype. A couple times that you weren't here, yeah, I did talk to Chris Getz about him. Um, when I had uh, hot, uh, Nick Hostetler in here last year, he brought him up as a guy that nobody's talking about. Right. But you're right in general. 
unless Eli did it during his minor league report, generally position player he, starter. He wasn't a guy we talked about a lot, but but the people who follow this closely um, said all along this is a guy you should be paying attention to. How many pitches in his outing the other night? Was that Friday night? Well, going back to why we didn't bring him up, that was because Kopech was going to be the closer. <laughs> Anyways, not okay. funny. So, not funny. So as these guys are going deep in game after game, and I agree with that, what I wonder is if they get to a position of winning mode and they're spending money on that bullpen, they're bringing guys up for that bullpen, are they going to continue to let their starters consistently go 100 to 110 pitches every single time? I was thinking the same I, thing. I don't know. I don't know if that's going to happen. I was thinking, I was wondering the same thing. Yeah. Well, all right, so there's different ways in which you build a baseball team, and there are there are you saw how the Cubs did it and where they invested their money and where they went in free agency and and how they they package areas of the team. Six pitches for Ian Hamilton the other night. You if you decide that these are going to be guys and you have a stable of guys, however many you think that is, Kopech, Rodan, Giolito, Lopez, Cease. Cease next year, maybe. Dun- Dunning, uh, Adams, um, uh, forgive me. There's, right, I, right, right. I mean, you could list Alec Hansen, who no one talks about now, based on an injury and a bad season. Next year, he could be back to being Alec Hansen, and guess what? Top of the rotation guy. Not, not, not a three or four or five. You're talking top of the rotation kind of guy. You might then be talking about Kopech, Rodon, Hansen, and Cease as top of the rotation guys. Not even mentioning at that point Giolito and Lopez and uh, and Dunning and you name it. And how much oh. money did you spend on that? Exactly. So, <laughs> um, if you've determined that these are guys who are capable of going seven or eight consistently, and I believe at some point that cycle is going to swing back the other way, Joe. I just don't think there's enough arms. And maybe I'll be wrong. It'll be fun to watch over the next ten years. I just don't think there's enough arms to continue to try to pitch that many guys every single game. It's also not cost-efficient, especially if you have young starters Mm -hmm. who can give you seven or eight. Think about where you could spend your money and what you could do with that money. Yeah, I mean, you need a closer. You need a setup guy. You need versatile guys in the bullpen who can do different things, guys who can give you multiple innings. But maybe you don't have to sign three, four, five guys every winter to make a big bullpen for yourself. But do you also, are, are there teams that believe if we, quote, save some bullets, that maybe we'll get an extra year out of this guy? I, I just don't think there's any evidence to prove any, anything. I, right. Like, After I mean, all these years, we still don't know. I wish I, I wish I knew something, but I don't know anything. I don't know what preserves a pitcher. Look at look at Scherzer and look at Verlander and are they just freaks of nature? Were they just born that way? Because they've been going max effort from the day they got here to now. Um, Greg Maddox threw a very different way. There were times during his career that he had pain, but he pitched through it and he managed it, or it went away. John Lester, but he just kept going. Yeah, you think John Lester uh, doesn't feel things? Thirty-two every year. What's the answer? I I have no idea. 
I, I do know this. You're not going to find anything out by pulling a guy after five innings every single day or 75 pitches every single day. It's, it, it's a way to win. It's a philosophy. It works for some teams, not for others. It doesn't work all the time. You got to have a lot of healthy bullpen arms. Then you get to the postseason, and then it's a quicker hook. It's a quicker hook, and yeah. there's a lack of trust, and there's a different. And then you look at the guys who get abused, like Brendan Morrow, like Kenley Jansen, like Wade Davis, like Aroldis Chapman. And what's going on with you, those guys? Well, I, you hear a lot of injuries. I was in a baseball reference wormhole the other night, and somehow I was looking at. Most appearances during a postseason. The record for most appearances during a postseason. Mm-hmm. And outside of Mariano Rivera, look at the guys who pitched the most times during a single postseason and then look at their year after. Year after, right. So, I mean, there's, there's limitations. Um, but that leads us to another conversation and some stuff that went on with uh, Joe Madden this week. Let's get to that next on Hit and Run on the Score. I don't want to hear about uh, Delato now. It's pitched a couple decent games in a row. Welcome to Play It, a new podcast network featuring radio and TV personalities talking business, sports, tech, entertainment, and more. Play it at play.it. How does a team and how, how will you and the Cubs deal with the fact that this is now out there? No, it's, it's not out there. Welcome back in on Hit and Run on the Score. Joe Ostrowski, Barry Rosner with you until noon, taking you up to Cubs baseball. Next hour, Bart Winkler from Milwaukee to talk Brewers. Cubs have six games with them coming up in the next week. Bruce Levine also in the next hour. That was the voice of Theo Epstein on with Dan Bernstein and Connor McKnight. The bottom of the hour, which was 15 minutes ago by my calculations, is brought to you by Campland RV. It's the model year clearance at Campland RV. Select 2018 models. They're priced to move to make way for the 2019s. Interested in 2019s? They're arriving on the lot daily. Campland RV, RV buying made easy. Just a short drive off I-94 in Burns Harbor, Indiana. Uh, before we get to that Joe Madden stuff, uh, you and I were laughing off the air about Mad Dog and about Harold Reynolds. I got to say, my guy Harold Reynolds. Yeah. Actually had a really good moment this week. It was so not like, it did. It was so not like Harold Reynolds. Oh, it was a moment. Okay. Yeah, no, he had a good moment. He he was, um, he saw Wilson Ramos get to Max Scherzer and he found tape of a, not, not Wilson, Wilson Ramos did not get to Max Scherzer, but he showed Max Scherzer throwing to Wilson Ramos and a series of pitches. This is from a couple years ago in which Scherzer kept wanting to go back to this particular changeup in this particular spot, mm-hmm. in this count, late in the game, with runners on base. And he, he showed in the dugout then, this is a great catch by Harold Reynolds, he showed Wilson Ramos in the dugout talking to Adrubal Herrera and telling him what was going to happen. And sure enough, in the situation, Herrera got Max Scherzer late in the game. And he went and Harold went back and showed two particular situations in, in which this actually occurred. So it, it was great, it was absolutely phenomenal analysis by Harold Reynolds. You follow what I'm saying? Like yeah. the catcher who was catching this pitcher years ago knew exactly what he was going to do and tipped off a hitter to what was going to happen. Whereas Max should have been going hard up and in 
I mean, that's where that's where he was getting them every time. Or maybe it's the opposite. Maybe it was uh, he 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 kept wanting to go hard up and in instead of that's what it was instead of using breaking stuff away, which obviously was going to get him out. And he was ready for it. He sat on it and he tomahawked it. Got on mm. top of the baseball and tomahawked it. Wow! So very so good on Harold Reynolds. You the, think he found that? Well, he didn't give anybody else any credit for it. Oh. I mean, usually, like DeRosa, if I mean, if DeRosa, if somebody else finds it, he says so. Hey, this what, my what, producer found this, yeah. uh, and he mentions his name. Like on the air here, people always give credit to other people <laughs> that find stuff. Or, so, yeah, I can see where you come from. I get, I get what you mean. <laughs> so the Joe Madden stuff this week was based on what a Bob Nightingale report, correct? And the reporting was what that someone, some executive somewhere. Said to him, "What that Joe might not be back if uh, the you know the-, the pressure's on. Pressure's on Madden this season, but for for the C- Cubs to perform in the playoffs. But it was pretty loose reporting, right? I mean, very much so. Very much so. Okay. Um, I don't. Uh, I you know I don't. I don't know who." Bob was talking to. That's not something a Cubs executive would say to anybody. I I don't uh, I, I don't I don't know why an executive from another team. I mean, an exec from another team, if they were having a casual conversation, could have absolutely said something like, "Yeah, I wonder if Joe might be in trouble if uh, if they don't if they don't win the World Series or if he has another bad postseason and is managing in the postseason." And I hate having to qualify this every time, but people will freak out. I think Joe Madden's an excellent manager. And I think he is really good at 17 of the 20 things a manager has to do. But when it comes to managing pitching staff in the postseason, he's bad. In, in fairness, let, let, okay. me, let me read what Nightingale okay. wrote. It's just a couple okay. sentences here. Uh, Madden wants to continue managing, but if the Cubs fail to make the playoffs or go out quickly, his fate is tenuous. Several baseball executives told USA Today on the condition of anonymity. The executives did not want to speak publicly about Madden's situation. That's well, what it. could they, they I, I don't, okay. That's pretty loose reporting. I mean, uh, I, I think, I think, I think Bob's a good reporter, uh, but that doesn't tell me anything. I mean, you, well, you could, he, here's, okay, here's you my, could talk to any executive from any team and he can have an opinion on anything without knowing anything about what the Cubs are doing. Well, the whole thing was about managers. And he's talking about one of the highest paid managers mm-hmm. and that might not stick around. So he might not get another five for 25 contract or whatever Madden got from the Cubs. I think, I think that was the point. And okay. for people to say that a guy that is viewed as one of the highest paid, he is one of the highest paid and viewed as one of the best managers, even he's not safe. I think that's what the point was. Here's what bothered me all week was the reporting locally was – that is ridiculous. It means nothing. And, of course, the Cubs shut it down. Did you expect Theo Epstein to come on 670 to score and say, oh, yeah, yeah, that's true. We'll, we'll see what happens. We'll see what, we'll keep Joe depending on what happens. No, of course that wasn't going to happen. And there was C. I mean, come on. I, I think the report, the conversation about this is all common sense. For what he has players and what they add every year at the trade deadline and how he's performed in the past in the playoffs in the important games and it's not just the world series you can go back to that dodger series last year too 
How about the Washington series? And absolutely, How about what he did to Wade Davis. And listen, when we were doing shows before the season started, I've gone back to this a million times because I don't hear anybody reference it. But John Heyman reported the Cubs identified three potential future managers to try to convince to come as coaches. One of them, Aaron Boone. One, Mark DeRosa, and the other, Raul Ibanez. Okay? And, and so they're looking past this contract. Who's our next guy? I think most good executives do that no matter what because you don't know what's going to happen tomorrow. Somebody could get hit by a bus. Somebody mm-hmm. could have a heart attack, whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, but could just be bad at it. If, if the Guys c- have bad years. The Cubs lose in the DS with this roster in this National League, and Madden has another poor playoffs, I think it's in play. It's in play. I'm not saying it's happening, mm-hmm. but it could happen. Yeah, I think it's ridiculous to dismiss it out of hand as though it's not possible. That's what I heard all week. Well, that's ridiculous. Of course it's possible. Um, does it seem likely to me at this point? No. Yes, I agree. Uh, I, I think it is an absurd conversation to have when when it always comes back to, well, you can't have a guy in a lame duck year. That's such nonsense. Of course you can't. Nothing says you can't have a, a coach in any sport or a manager in baseball in a lame duck season. You can. We um, just don't see it. Well, Girardi's done it over and over and over again. They do it. It's a, the it's, Yankees, yes. It's a Yankees thing. It's right. what they do. It can be a Cubs thing. Look, Joe, um, we want you back next year. Of course we do. But we're not extending you right now. We're just keeping our options open. Doesn't mean we won't consider it during the season. It doesn't mean we won't talk about it after next season. I mean, to me, that is the most likely scenario, is that he comes back and he's he's in his final year. Now, if they win the World Series, he gets another contract. Oh, and you're happy to pay it. Done. Here you go, Joe. Whatever you want. We're happy. Tom, Even if they know that maybe he wasn't truly one of the most responsible people, you just do it. I, I don't... Uh, I, I don't think something is going to happen. But look, if they were to, given the scenario you tried to portray, if 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 the circumstances were as follows, they lose in the division series, they lose badly, and he has another particularly bad series, yeah, that's that's a conversation. I mean, look, they if you think they thought he did a good job during the World Series, or if you think <laughs> they thought... He did a good job last year against Washington. By the time they got to the Dodgers, and I know people will point to the lackey thing. I, I don't think it even – there's no way they were beating the Dodgers. They were done. Yeah, the Cubs were, were finished. They were. But that didn't help. But it didn't help. But if you think they were happy about that or thought that was good, you're out of your freaking mind. And anybody who defends him or that managing in those series, you're out of your freaking mind. It's simply not true. They, it, they were – Believe me, people who are who who live in these front offices and do this for a living know that was bad, and know that they were lucky to escape in extra innings in Cleveland. So, I mean, I I think yeah, I think to dismiss it out of hand as though this is impossible that's that's ridiculous. Let me ask you this: oh, no. Yeah, you think Joe Madden would return on a pay cut? Probably not. I don't think so either. Probably not. If I were Joe, I wouldn't. If he wants to keep doing it, he can probably get a job somewhere else. But if he goes somewhere else, he, he most likely has to take a pay cut because you see what's happening. 
Washington didn't want to pay Joe Girardi. How did that work out? Yeah, people are paying $700,000 for managers right now. So, and they're getting very, they're getting much younger and much more analytical. Although Joe, I, to say that Joe doesn't embrace analytics, I think is wrong. I think he does. I think he just picks his spots. Yeah, I, I saw some people criticize the decision by the Cardinals to extend Mike Schilt and remove the interim tag. Something the Reds have not done for Jim Riegel for some weird reason. What does it matter? Oh, it's a mistake. It's such a small sample size. What are they doing? What are they doing? Why does it matter? You just said they're making seven hundred thousand dollars. Yeah, that's and, nothing. And I thought managers don't matter anyway. Right. Correct. So it doesn't matter. Now the Madden decision matters because of the amount of money in his profile. Well, I think they're going to the World Series, so I think the conversation is probably moot. And if they do go to the World Series, I think it's going to be difficult to not extend him. And yeah. if uh, what'd you say? I was. What'd you think I was going to say? It's going to be difficult to win, or is that why you were laughing? No. Or did you know I'm, I was going to say? I'm just thinking about the people screaming, "Give Madden an extension!" If they were to make the World Series, I think. I think if they get to the World Series, and I believe they will, I think you have to probably give him another year. Now, will he simply take another year? He might not. He might demand two, and then then it's then it gets complicated. But Theo, look, Theo is a genius at traversing troubled waters. He knows how to massage these things. He knows what the right answer is. He always knows from a pol- from a political standpoint. He always knows the right answer, and if he believes it is better for this team in this window again in 2019 and in 2020 to also give Joe that extra year, then he'll do it. If he believes that's, that's, the, that's the way to keep things as simple and as calm as possible. And the money that they think they're going to get for this upcoming network, a few million bucks extra to a manager is not much. Not that Theo doesn't care about the money, but it's really at that point more about where do you want to go in the dugout beyond a year or two. And I think if Theo had his way, probably one more year would probably be enough for him with Joe because I think he he probably would like to look for someone, you know, and this is not a... They've already nothing, started. It has nothing to do with Joe's age or how he views the game. I just think they they want to go along those lines because that's and that is the way the game is going. Um, we will get back to this. There's much more to talk about regarding this. But we've got to get to a break. Bart Winkler coming up next here on 670 The Score. What's the question? No, it's it's not out there. Welcome to Play It, a new podcast network featuring radio and TV personalities talking business, sports, tech, entertainment, and more. Play it at play.it. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.